0: Good evening, everyone. Wow, everyone got got seated pretty quickly. I'm Peter Gettler. It's my honor and privilege to be president of the Cato Institute. And I want to thank you all for being here tonight. And I especially want to thank those of you who support Cato so generously. Our work, our mission wouldn't be possible without you. And we never we never ever forget it um we haven't done an event like this in years and years and years uh, an evening reception we're trying to experiment you know the lunches doesn't seem like people want to uh come to lunch quite so much anymore so we're going to experiment and do some new things and i think we have a pretty good pretty good turnout at cato if you go to our website you'll read our mission statement i don't always even remember what exactly it says but the way i think about it we have two important roles one is to keep the ideas of liberty alive for future generations, especially future generations of Americans. And the second important part of our mission is to work hard to move public policy further in the direction of individual liberty, limited government, free markets, and peace. I spent an extended time in Florida recently, and a lot of folks I met, they asked, how's it going? And, uh, you know, it's uh, kind of a tale of two cities. If you've all noticed, it's not going so well for our country. I found myself in a lot of these meetings quoting George Will. A year and a half ago, George Will spoke at one of our functions in front of three or 400 people. And he said that he had a Cato-centric view of the world. He said, what's bad for our country is good for Cato. And I thought, well, what good is that? Like if our country's going down the twos, but Cato's thriving, that doesn't really do it for me. Uh, But then he continued and he said, and eventually what's good for Cato is going to be good for the country. So I'm I'm, uh, I'm going with that. As for the things that we can control, I don't think Cato's ever been stronger. Um, You know, one of the things I really pride myself on is uh, my wife and I, my wife is here, You know, we've supported Cato for over 20 years. It's been our top philanthropic priority. Uh, We still write checks to Cato. My wife thinks Cynthia thinks I'm an idiot because she says, look, if you write the checks, you don't have to take the job. And if you take the job, you don't have to keep writing the checks. But we still write the checks. And as a result, at Cato, I think like a donor. And I think we have an unbelievably important responsibility to make sure that we're getting the best results we can and the most impact from the resources that you're voluntarily entrusting to us. And so we focus on this a lot. And there's been a lot of change at Cato over the last few years. There are things that are never gonna change. The reason I became a Cato donor is I thought Cato was an extraordinarily unique organization in being, true to its principles. And there are times when doing that is really hard, but it's something that we take a lot of pride in. We take a lot of pride in being the most principled organization in Washington, um, which I, when I say that, Cynthia tells me that's like being the tallest midget in the circus, <laughs> being the most principled organization in, in Washington, but, it, but it's still really important. But those things won't change. Those are unbelievable assets. But I think there are assets that we have to leverage the reputation that Cato has for being principled uh, for being uh, uh, creating top notch scholarship for being independent and for saying what we really believe is something that that's the source of our, our credibility our integrity is a source of our credibility and that ultimately is what will make us effective. Some of the things that we've been changing, uh, Senator Toomey and I will talk a little bit about some of the things that have been happening on the, the right side of the American political spectrum, namely parts of the conservative coalition drifting away from free markets and free enterprise, something that's very concerning to us. So we've made some significant investments in our economics team over the last couple of years because we feel with fewer voices defending free markets and free enterprise, we have to be a louder voice doing so. I think this idea that free markets have somehow failed American workers is completely wrong and has to be rebutted very strongly. That's about the only place where we've been making serious investments in policy staff because most of what we've been doing, we have an outstanding policy staff that produces great work and great analysis and great ideas. But we want to leverage them. We want to exploit their work to the fullest. And the way we've done that is to really try to invest more in what I call distribution. I think a lot of policy organizations have underinvested in distribution. They've kind of stockpiled policy staff and have underinvested in the things that allow that policy staff to be more, more impactful. So we've added uh, significant resources to our, uh, our outreach team. Uh, Last quarter, I think we met with like 80 offices on the Hill, uh, which is probably the most that we ever have. I think in the States and the executive branch on Capitol Hill, we're more engaged than we've ever been. Um, We are having made significant investments in technology. Our vision is, you know, we want to compare ourselves. We're we're kind of a content company, really important content, and uh, we want to distribute that content to big audiences but most importantly audiences of the unconverted uh, coming from outside the policy world and being parachuted into cato uh, as a, from the board to, to being ceo eight years ago it really occurred to me coming from outside the policy world in washington dc so many people are just talking to themselves and as a result so many of the resources and work being done in the policy arena is wasted because to me If you're just talking to people who agree with you, you're not accomplishing anything. So we think very uh, very hard and uh, to try to be creative in how do we reach people who disagree with us, but who might be persuadable. Um, And compelling content is one way to do that that we can distribute through all the technology channels that are available to us. Other ways are just trying to be trying to be creative in in how we engage with other audiences. Uh, Leslie Albanese is here, my my colleague. Leslie runs a a program we started only three and a half years ago to engage educators around the idea of restoring civic culture. Because as we work with educators that we knew, we found there was a high degree of concern about how the the, the, uh, the dysfunctional and toxic elements of our political culture were seeping into schools. And so we felt, hey, that's a framework a non-ideological framework that people ought to be able to rally around. And uh, it's proven to be very powerful. Uh, We're going to have 400 teachers again this summer at Cato. It's going to bring our, our, the the, uh, network that we've established is approaching 5,000 teachers. We don't ask them to self-identify, but when they're here for two weeks in the summer, I spend as much time as I can with them because I want to know, what makes them tick and how we can reach them and how we can reach their students. And I would say that about three quarters of the teachers who are who are part of our network at this point are, are coming from the left and that's really what we want. We wanna reach people. We're not necessarily gonna exer- execute a mass conversion exercise and turn all these people into libertarians, but if we can convince them that part of restoring our civic culture is teaching the full range of viewpoints and being respectful and being willing to engage with all viewpoints is a really important part of, uh, of restoring that culture. So it's things like that that uh, I just have me very upbeat about, um, about where we're headed and the strategic direction of the organization. I'm very pleased to say that the combination of a sense of urgency um, as, as, as to where our country is headed and a strong affirmation of the strategic direction of Cato uh, has led our, our supporters to be more generous over the last three years than they than they've ever been in our in our history, and so we're we're able to uh, to build these new capabilities and execute these new initiatives and programs that uh, that broaden the uh, the reach of our ideas and our analysis from a from a position of of strength, which I think is very very important. Um, One of the best things about this job is I get to travel around the country and meet the most extraordinary people in America who, as I said, voluntarily support Cato and are so passionate about our mission and so passionate about about liberty. One of the downsides of the job is that I occasionally meet with people who will tell me we're doomed. Liberty, it's, it's over in America for liberty. And I gotta tell you, if the founders of America, could look into those conversations and see us, the the people who are living the best time ever and the best place ever to be alive as a human being, they would wonder how we think, how we could possibly think that the challenges we face are anything close to the challenge that that they faced. That, uh, that, That defending liberty in the 21st century could possibly be a greater challenge than creating a framework of liberty and a a new country um, in the uh, the late 18th century. And I think that uh, we all have to take, uh, uh, think about our own responsibilities. Uh, We're not gonna win if we're convinced that we're gonna lose. And uh, I always say to people, occasionally I'll meet people who are giving up and I said, well, you can make your own choice, but my, I don't think we're doing, but if we are, my kids are going to see me go down swinging. And ultimately, that's the reason that we're all here. Uh, I was, down, as mentioned, I was down in Florida. I was actually down there in the fall, and my, Cynthia and my mother were watching The Crown. And I had never watched The Crown, because to me, the royal family, that's like People Magazine stuff, right? Uh, I, when I saw this, I was just so captivated by the woman who played Margaret Thatcher, and the way she spoke, like Margaret Thatcher did. And if we get discouraged, we have to look to inspirational figures like Margaret Thatcher, who is, will, will show you what the, for, a force of, the force of will of one person you know, can accomplish. And uh, I could try to channel that, because Margaret Thatcher, if you remember when she was first elected, said, I could not bear the idea of Britain in decline. Well, I can't bear the idea of my grandchildren not being able to live their version of the American dream. And that ultimately is what's at stake and ultimately why we're so appreciative to all of you for, uh, for supporting our mission and, and making our work possible. So thank you so much.